You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello and welcome to Noise Direction, a music punk podcast where people who spend too much time on punk teach you how to spend, teach, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about punk. I, I messed up my intro, but we're too lazy. No to punk on it. this episode. No, no, no punk, punk on this episode. Okay. Yeah. That's my co-host, Scotty Tank Crimes. He talks a lot on this show. <laughs> I talk a lot on this show. You sound yeah. a little ca- You sound a little cavernous right now. Uh, Matthew, I wasn't trying. I'm not trying to sound cavernous. I'm trying to sound. Oh no, I think it's your connection, not your, uh, not your tone. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, whatever. I'm cavernous sounding today. Um, yeah. The point we're trying to make here is, what is today's episode, Scotty? Today, listeners' questions. Listener Boom! Questions. I'm so excited. We are not going to talk about uh, merch or how to be not corny on social media to or show topic two topics that we will continue to beat to death uh but just not this week yes this week uh, we've got questions i'm really stoked people send in some questions um what do i have to say about that that it means we actually have listeners <laughs> we did not make up these questions ourselves they're real if you hear your question you win the prize of getting your question answered thoughtfully. Yes, and by Matt everyone Bacon. and Scotty Tank Crimes. Everyone who caught my draped in velvet uh, reference from the other week, I'm sorry that my prize was an internet high five. <laughs> if I had my life more together, I would have given you a real prize, but it isn't. So apologies. Um, all that being said, shall we dive into the first question, Scotty? Yeah, I also want to say that I wanted people to record their own questions and mail them in so we could play them like you were calling into the radio. But Matt wanted it to be more like Dear Abby style and read the question. But I was what I said to Matt on that was Dear Abby was a newspaper column. So yeah, we're like a newspaper column. We're like a newspaper the, column you can hear. The question is in my voice, in my head. Well, my greatest influence for this podcast is a magazine column, Felix Abbott's Maximum Rock and Roll column. This is my this is my 2021 version of that. That's what I'm trying to do. See, there you go. Okay, so going to start from the top. Yeah, let's do it. First question from our friend Aliyah Dale. Aliyah Dale. Aliyah, what up? You don't know if it's Aaliyah or Aliyah? I'm not sure. I'm I can't sorry. see the spelling, so I don't know. But we, we, We've been friends on social for a while, so I feel really bad. Um, anyway, well, sorry for fucking up your name. It's a beautiful <laughs> um, name. Yes, either way, maybe it's a third way. Yeah. Um, here's the question. Hey, Matt, on the subject of labels, I've been really wanting to hear more about the actual logistics behind and Steph's starting label for self-release with possibilities of expanding to other artists in the future. Are there legal steps to take? Do you just make a name and make social media accounts? Kind of a how-to question. I know Lindsay Schoolcraft did it and Leia did it, and I'm sure many more. It's been mentioned on your podcast, but not so much the logistics. I hope you'll consider covering this topic. And then in all caps, thank you for everything you do. So, okay. Uh, first question. The answer is yes. You're welcome. Moving on. <laughs> Next question is from Max Rebel. 
Nah, just kidding. Let's go back to Aaliyah's question. Aaliyah's question. Let's do it. Um, check it out. You don't need to overthink starting a label at all. There's no reason to document it with the government. There's no reason to form an LLC, get a business license. You don't even need a plan. All you need is a song. And, you know, I do. Uh, wait, did she say it would start as a self-release for her own yeah, music? First one would be self-release. Yeah. OK, I really, really like that. I'll tell you, we'll start there. And I'll tell you why I think it's a good idea to if you want to start a label is to work with your own project first. And that's something that we touch on a lot here. No one cares about your art the way you do. No one will love me like I love me, as best said by Dystopia. You doing your own thing puts it all out on the table. You can't blame anyone else for fucking up. You can uh, spend the extra money that someone else may not. You can learn the ropes and only bum out yourself when you fuck up, which is way easier than bumming out other people you care about. Um, so I think that's a really good step. If you don't, if, if you don't have your own band, uh, I always suggest working with people that you personally know. Now, listeners of podcasts know I only work with people I personally know. I don't think that that's a rule for doing a label at all. It's just my own my own choice. But when you start off, um, I would always go, if you don't have your own band, do it with some, with friends and hopefully someone local too. So you can like be together in the same room while you're doing stuff. Um, it'll put a little bit of community into this, the project. You know, I like to think of myself as the label as just another member of the band um, who kind of, you know, like I don't play guitar or sing. I'm, I do the label that I think kind of equals like one vote, you know? And uh, the reason I say work for yourself or with other people, you know, is it's just going to make it easier when you have missteps and stuff like that. Like, um, and you will have missteps. Yeah. And then you don't have to do all these like over explaining or making excuses because if you're all in the same room working on it together you can just go well that wasn't right keep it moving right um the legalities of it i wasn't kidding at all there is absolutely no reason to worry about um a business license or anything like that because here's the other thing you might not like doing a label you know, I mean, most labels probably just do a couple releases before they fold, whether that's for financial reasons, interest reasons, or just like, you don't know you like something until you try it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think you got to remember, down. like, the amount of 16-year-olds who start record labels, you know, who don't know any of that shit, like... You know, especially, um, you know, if you live in America, in Europe, people might get a little weird on you, unfortunately. Um, like, I definitely, when I was in high school doing a label and, like, going, I would go, I would take my cassettes with me to school. And then after school, I would go to the post office to ship them. And after a while, the post office started to, I was in France. And after a while, the post office started to be like, hey, are you supposed to be shipping these? Is this, are you... You keep saying these are to your friends. 
we think this might be for a business. Um, but America, is people that don't give something? A I was gonna say is that I'm I'm totally lost there. Does that have something to do with facts or something like that? Like that the post yeah. office is con is concerned about what a, a kid doing too much mailing. Wow. Yeah, is that I mean, the is that the European socialist nanny state? Exactly, it's the European Where, socialist <laughs> nanny state that we need American uh, American exceptionalism, the Marshall Plan, to free us from. <laughs> where the where the 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 post office worker is concerned about the volume of mail I have. As an American, I would say, mind your own fucking business. Yeah. Right. This isn't um, a business. <laughs> yeah. But the point I'm trying to make still stands, which is essentially you can just like do shit and see, you know, <laughs> just keep going until, you know, like until you start making like five figures on it, no one's going to pay attention. Even then. Eh. It's really more like if you're making like five figures a month is when it's really going to start raising flags. Uh, but but anyways, to the point of this, I would like to say something else because she did ask about some other tips. It felt like the, the question was looking for more than just me say, don't worry about starting an LLC. Um, here's what I say, and this will help you know if you like to do it or not, okay? So these days, um, a lot of labels start as a, like a cassette slash band camp label. Um, which I think is a, is a fine place to start. Uh, if you're self-releasing your own thing, you might have bigger, a bigger vision for your project than a, than a cassette, right? Now, regardless of what you wanted, what, what your vision is, here is my number one tip for starting a record label, okay? Um, now, when you're talking about, I'm talking about vinyl here or vinyl, just a full record label, I always say save up $5,000, okay? To some listeners, that sounds like an insane amount of money. To some listeners, that sounds doable. Uh, some listeners, it might scare you out of ever getting started. Don't, don't worry about the numbers I'm giving. You can scale it to your project. If you're just doing a cassette, you might just need to save up $1,000, right? To do it right. But the idea is, is you have that entire that five grand I want you to save up if you're going to do a vinyl label. You have to hold that money. You have to have it all in one place and know that you are about to go into a project and you may never see that money again. Okay. This is the risk. This is the cliff you're jumping off of, right? It is an yeah. absolute risk. You may never see that money again. Okay. I, one of the reasons this worked for me is I don't really give a fuck about money. Um, I mean, I obviously need it to survive and pay my bills and I hustle when I need it. But for me to throw, you know, I, I've thrown much more than that at projects that haven't made their money back and, and some that, that end up paying for the mistakes. But what you need to know is that amount of money you may never get back. And if you're not okay with that, don't start a label because you're going to be way too stressed about like recouping and that's going to get in your way creatively, artistically, 
um, progressively moving your business forward and doing stuff like that. So if you can't throw a thousand dollars out the window, it's not the right project for you. If you're okay with doing that, which especially if you're, if you're working on your own material, you kind of need to be there, right? Like if you're an artist of any kind and are afraid to like throw money, I don't want to say throw it away because it's still like a, a swing and a miss, you know, but if you're not ready to like put up, then shut up, right? There's a reason why there's cliches. Sometimes they work. So you have to know that. Another huge mistake, and this is something I was super guilty of when I first started, is looking at your stock. So now you've, you've invested, okay? Let's say you, you've got 307 inches. If you're looking at those seven inches, like they're worth $10 a piece, and you're doing math in your head, you're like looking in your closet, you're like, okay, well, there's 307 inches. I'll sell those for 10 bucks a piece, and we got three grand. Boom. That is not the case at all. Um, also when you're also, it doesn't matter when you're getting started, when you're 20 years into it, like I am, your distributors do not pay you in advance for the records they take. Everything is on consignment. All the risk is on you. All the money's on you. Not only will you ship records to a distributor who won't pay you until after they're sold. And sometimes even then you got to chase it down you're responsible for shipping it to them. You're responsible for keeping track of all that stuff. And you're going to need to chase it down. And if you send a distributor 50 copies and you think that they owe you 500 bucks, you're wrong. That's just not the case. So those are mistakes I made. I used to look at like every record that left my garage as like, as like money coming in, accounts receivable, accounts payable. I'm, I'm bad at accounting but the one where the money's in my pocket. And then what happens is you start betting off that, right? Like, oh, it's cool. There's three grand coming in. We can move on the next project. No, that's not the case. So this little part of my discussion was to scare out the week of doing it. <laughs> if you've made it past and are saying, Scotty, I gotcha. I'm not afraid to lose three grand. I'm not afraid to put up. I'm, I'm really confident in my art and I want to do it. Boom. Now you are ready to start spending money on your release. There you go. Now, next question. So we need to keep this moving. I have, I have, a oh, we got to keep it moving. You know, well, oh, we can okay. come back to that. I'd like to, if I love these listener questions and if anyone, like I get so uh, my, I'm so all over the place sometimes that please uh, follow-ups are welcome at any part of this. We're going to try to make like every third episode a Q&A here. So hit me back. Yeah. Okay. So next, <clears throat> for my friend Max Rebel of the band Plane Ride. What's up, Max? Um, that's an easy name. Are you, sure, are you sure that's how to pronounce it? Are you sure it's not Makes? <laughs> well, I'm not sure if he's like Maximus or Maximilian um, or what. Maxwell. I have to ask him. Max, he could be, Maxwell. he's German. So I feel like Maximilian is more likely. That's, that, that's, you probably nailed it. But anyway, so, so Max, if you could tell us like what the full version of your name is, that would be cool. Um, but here, here's the question, okay? Hey man, do you think it is viable to just market oneself as a rock band in 2021? Or is that just something where you need to be big enough to, in order to be able to ditch all other labels? We love the scene 
but we've been struggling with the whole stoner label for quite a while and never felt like it really encapsulated what we do. Going through the usual comparisons on Wikipedia articles for most of them, it just says rock band, although a few do list subgenres. But I feel like it'd be insanely hard to break through without marketing yourself from a scene specific angle. So the question, My first question is, yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious. Well, here, I know, I think I know what Matt's going to say. Uh, I think Matt's going to say that to get started, you're going to want more of a sub label so you can find your contemporaries, right? A sub genre. I'm not, just to be, because we just talked, yeah. finished talking about labels. I just don't want anyone to be confused. Oh yeah. Not label, but which sub sub genre? Um, yeah, just being cool. I, I don't have like a, like a heavy take on this, but the one part of the question that I noticed is where Max says that he doesn't feel comfortable or that they quite fit in with the stoner rock label. Like then ditch that. Right. Because if you're not comfortable with it, then what's the, what's the point? You know, I don't think necessarily that that like um, narrows it down enough to find more fans, especially if you're just simply not comfortable with it. Yeah. I mean, maybe Max and the guys aren't stoners. They just like Black Sabbath. So do they have to be a stoner rock band? Um, rock is pretty fucking general though, right? I mean, that's yeah, almost that's, like Yeah, that's saying, the problem, you know? And I actually had a conversation with Max about this the other day where basically I was like, look, okay, so you have a band like Plane Ride who are on the stoner side of rock, you know, but feel like more of a rock band. But then I have a band like, um, my clients in dive bombs who also feel like they're more on the rock side, but they're also tied into pop punk. Those bands are both ostensibly rock bands. They should not play together. You know what I mean? Because one sounds like Clutch and the other sounds like Jimmy Eat World. And both those things are rad, but this is kind of the problem with rock is that it, it you know, if you tell me you're a rock band, I don't know if that means you sound like Jimmy Eat World or if you sound like Clutch. Yeah. Well, let's take like, what are some bands that you think have recently in, I'm like in the last decade graduated from a subgenre into just rock. So I'm talking about like Mastodon or Red Fang, maybe like these are bands that probably held stoner in their low, in their, in their, you know, bio for many years and have probably moved past it. Um, what about a band like, what about a band like Hailstorm? You know, I feel like they kind of are, you know, I think you might have called their roots post-grunge, but they've since become rock. But are you taught, but have, have, has their catalog strategically moved towards rock or have they retained the exact same sound? but the wider audience gives them that yeah. bigger genre. This is, this is part of the question. I don't, I don't know the answer. Well, as I'm saying it out loud, I started out by thinking, why the hell not, Max? Just be a fucking rock band, right? Send, <laughs> or what do they do now? Blues rock, which I don't even know what the fuck that means, but that'll get you signed to Eric real quick. <laughs> Al, I'm sorry if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> Uh, what a, you know, so actually I'm moving. When I initially heard the question, I thought, why the fuck not? Be a rock band, be whatever the fuck you want to be. 
But as I'm as I'm thinking it through, as we answer, I'm thinking that you, Max, you're going to see an advantage to uh, to clinging to a to a more specific subgenre until you have a wider fan base. Yeah, now, if and the, like if go ahead. If that stoner label is making you uncomfortable, or you really don't feel like it fits. Yeah, switch it out. Do the blues rock thing. Do just find another micro genre that's close enough. But what, what it'll do is can help you like find other bands doing your thing that yeah. you can you can have some uh, camaraderie with, one which is I, really important. Yeah, one that I find works really well is like heavy rock. Cause I think that, I think that the concern when you're, you know, is like, you know, the, the, what I was saying about dive bombs and plane ride, not really fitting on a bill together, even if they're both ostensibly rock bands, you know, um, you know, I think that dive bombs isn't necessarily heavy rock, whereas plane ride definitely is, for example. Right. And I think sometimes you just differentiate it that way. Uh, just well, because, I guess, you know, well, I guess a good way to put that is that like, okay, what kind of audience do you want, right? Because when you're talking about a mixed bill that wouldn't really work, that's not like a festival stage like that. I mean, even think about a genre like death metal, you know? I know that there's sometimes culture clashes in the audience at a death metal show because one band wants you to karate mosh and another band wants you to just headbang and a third band wants you to circle pit. There's different expectations of the audience and sometimes there's a culture clash there that works and or doesn't work depending on who's looking at it what their attitudes are about different genres and whatnot you know so yeah. that's the thing do you do you want <laughs> that's that's a real easy one for all bands is that is there a pit at your shows or is it a nodding crowd do, will beers get spilled at a bar gig or no? So which subgenre fits you most there, right? Because when you're attracting an audience, that's something to think about. Totally, totally. You know, and you want people to kind of know what's going on. So the rock designation is a tricky one. Definitely try to find some sort of subgenre you can tie into in some capacity yeah Basically, i'm going the, i'm going full that way i'm going full that way max a, link up with the subgenre. i think it's important until you until you get bigger and then one day when y'all's the foo fighters you can just say we're rock right and it's important to remember that like even the most quote-unquote rock band out there which is probably the foo fighters definitely started very much as a grunge band yeah, well, they were coming off that. I mean, they're also a bad example just because they had such heavy hitters in the band, so they really were able to hit the ground running. But then, yeah. interesting enough, if you look at a band like the Foo Fighters, like, they, who do they play with? They play with Megan the Stallion and Tyler the Creator. Like, that's a gig. So, yeah, but also, they also, it, go ahead. Like, like, so once you're actually at a point where you're just a rock band, you're kind of not tied to anything because you're so big. They just want to put you with other bands like in the ether, which well, the here's something is, I was thinking. The thing is they're sort of at the point where, um, you know, they're, they're sort of at the point where they are ostensibly the rock band on the pop bill. 
like the band your boyfriend can go see while you're enjoying Nicki Minaj. Yeah, but so did we just come up with another thing here is that actually, if you want to just be a rock band, you actually might have to open yourself up to being a little bit of everything to everyone, right? Yeah. Because yeah, which you're, is part of the once problem. You, once you lose that sub, that stoner rock tag, that that the heavy part of the metal or the metal rock or even what's it on Billboard? Hard rock. Hard music. Know, hard music. It's not difficult. It's hard. <laughs> but if you so if you really just want to be a rock band, you're really just saying even though guitar music has been really squeezed out of the pop pop section of music, just wanting to be rock really means you just want to be a pop band really, you know, with, with guitars. So hopefully all this gives Max something to think about. I would love some feed, everybody whose questions were answered. I would love some feedback. Even if you just email Matt back to like, let us know if we gave you any value or if we just wasted your time. <laughs> and so now we'll we have, now Hold we on, have our, real quick. Oh, I want to yeah. say who is, since we brought up, since the Foo Fighters made it into the mix, they announced Lollapalooza yesterday. This is a question I have for Matt. This is a this is a host to other host question. Who are like the the Austin Music Festival was also just announced. Who are these festivals billed for? Do you know? Like, is Lollapalooza for people I went to high school with, or is it for their kids? I just don't. I can't figure it out. Who is the audience for Megan The Stallion, Miley Cyrus, and? Uh, I don't, I mean, I can only remember like the five headliners. I mean, I'm definitely aged out of pop culture because I probably knew about five to 7% of the actual bands. I mean, so who's it for? Well, so here's the thing, right? Is it's like, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. The one guy I would most want to see on that whole bill is that, who's that guy, Mark Bellia or whatever, the guy who just like plays his keyboard in his room. And got all big over the pandemic because he's like awesome. That guy's awesome. That's the number one guy I would want to see. What's that guy's name? I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. But basically, he just plays his keyboard on Instagram with his shirt off, and he's fucking soulful as a bitch. He's awesome. I love him. Mark Belliard or something. Mark, I don't know. Basically, put it in the the footnotes. The way it works. So a festival like this, there's pretty huge diversity. Everyone from like Trippy Red, who's on like the pop punk side of rap, which is like what? Ooh, Trippy Red's the guy who just ripped off a, a brutal death metal slam logo. Well, he yeah. didn't, but the design firm that his management paid did. That yeah, was all have, on my Instagram. Then yes, you have like Steve Aoki, who's like a DJ. Then you have like the front bottoms who are, you know, my favorite uh, sad boy emo pop punk band. Um Steve Aoki's fast core band Esperanza just released a complete discography LP. I would recommend it to and people who like, yeah, yeah, I would recommend it to people who like uh, Y2K thrash, you know, fast basement hardcore. But anyways, the, the, the not for fans to, of his DJ work. The point I'm trying to make is there's a huge diversity of things there. Like it doesn't look diverse to like us as metal people, but it's actually pretty diverse. And I oh, think it absolutely that, looks diverse to me. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, who's it for? yeah. Well, I think I think it's a couple things. One, like you have metal festivals that are this diverse, you know. Um, but it's still metal. I feel like European festivals are still like there's a really a broad swath. Yeah, but I guess but I, it just. I, I think that I, I think it's a couple things, right? I think that 
you know, first of all, you, a lot of these are just like, like Lollapalooza, right? The, when, they, when they set up the lineup, it's essentially the sound of the culture, right? Like this is what, like this lineup of Lollapalooza is shit that is popping off on TikTok right now. Okay. Right. So that being said, they, they work in other things for whatever variety of fan, right? So it's like you throw in Foo Fighters because, you know, there's a good amount of girls dragging their dads here. Let's give something for the dads to make it worth it for them. So they're going to be able to go see Foo Fighters. They're going to be able to go see Jimmy E World. They'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like they're getting something out of it too. Yeah. Right. You know, like that's why you see stuff like, you know, simultaneously, I think that, you know, for the, on the Foo Fighters behalf, like they're not going to get, um, you know, they, they're not going to be able to like access Steve Aoki fans unless it's in this sort of context. And, a, you know, and like, with a band like Foo Fighters, where it's like a fun rock band, people want to go see a fun rock band while they're at a big outdoor festival, right? So yeah, I think there's some open-mindedness. You know, I certainly feel open-mindedness when I'm at a big outdoor festival where I'm like, you know, I could go see Necro Wretch, but let me watch Leonard Skinner for 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or Zombie Skinner or whatever fucking... Like, that's why I stopped watching Skinner when I saw them. I was like, this is sick. They formed in 64. And then I Wikipedia to see who was still in the band. And I was like, oh, never mind. Well, that's the son of um, the original lead singer singing for them. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I think that's a big part of the strategy of these festivals is like, let's throw in a, a couple other things outside of the expected just to kind of win some folks over. Okay, well, let me reel us back in, but say, if you're a band and you ever get an opportunity to play one of these weird festivals, say yes. Just yeah. say yes, no matter I, how I've had, weird it I've is. I've had bands play Coachella, and it was, like, pretty trippy, but it went well, right? Like, I had this band, Las Robertas, who were, like, a, a post-punk band play, and they got a lot out of it, and it was fun, and, like, people were excited to see a rock band at a big festival, Right. That's why rock bands get on these things is because it fits the overarching vibe, even if these people aren't necessarily rock mm -hmm. bands. Now, final question. Okay. Bum, 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 bum. From JT. Sup, JT? Easy name to pronounce. How necessary is working with a publicity slash media group and how to go about that? So essentially, JT wants to know how important is it to hire PR? Uh, this reminds me of your old podcast where every episode you just told people to hire PR and then you were like, hire us. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Is that what Dumb and Dumbest was? It was like, you need PR. Here's my email. <laughs> I mean, that was part of it, you know, but I also think a lot of people didn't realize how much they needed PR. Yeah. You know, well, like, let's start. Like, let's start with what PR really does. I mean, because at the base level, what hiring a PR for you're going to do is that I think a lot of people think like when you hire a publicist, do you like think about like a publicist you might have seen in a movie or something and you think you're going to give this person a couple hundred dollars and they're going to be like uh, knocking on doors at Rolling Stone for you or like calling their friends at the New York Times or MTV. And that's really not what you're going to get. Uh, 
but what you're going to get is a nice press release, a nice bio, and probably what you're really paying for when, when you're at an entry level point is you are paying for access to an email list, right? Yeah. And that the person you're hiring has worked with journalists and press outlets enough that that email is not going into someone's junk folder and that they will probably give your music a chance. Doesn't mean they're going to like it. Doesn't mean they're going to write about it, but it's going to give you a shot at getting it listened to. So if that is what you're trying to do, I, I like it. I recommend it. I hire PR for the label because it's kind of hard staying on top of all that stuff. I really like what my PR people do for the label, even when it's not a big project, because I kind of just know this is a bill that I have that goes with each release, but I know like these several bases are covered stuff that I might, that I might forget to do. And if you're someone like me, who's not really organized very well, usually a PR person is really organized. Like I count on my PR person to, that I can like check the calendar or know that, um, know that things are being scheduled, whether it be premieres or interviews and stuff like that. Yeah, I think, you know, from a journalist perspective, like I'm not really gonna write about something if I don't know, if it's not from a PR person, unless I know you personally, you know, like that's such a huge piece of it is like, since this podcast began, like since we began recording, okay, I have received, I will tell you right now, and I've unsubscribed from a lot of email lists, but since this podcast started recording 35 minutes ago or whatever, or since we started, I received one, two, three, four, five, six, six emails, uh, sorry, six, uh, six pressers with albums there you go. that people want me to write good, about. Good counting, Bacon. Thank you. <laughs> um, but okay, so take us, so I like this. I like this perspective let, of you. So just without calling anybody out with those six emails, who do you recognize out of those six? Do you got a couple you're for sure gonna open and listen to as soon as we got off this call? And then some um, that might you might not get to? Yeah, I mean, I see like Vatican, who like my boy works with. So I'm going to check that out, even though I don't know the PR person. I don't say, oh, no, Adam Splitter. Okay, so I know that must be a new person. You know, um, I see something from like the PR guy at Pelagic, which is a label I really respect. So okay, probably worth checking that out, you know. Um, you know, I see something from John Freeman. He's obviously a genius and great. You know, I see something mm -hmm. from a pacemaker label I like, right? Because I've kind of unfollowed all the people who unsubscribe from all the people who I don't really respect or don't really like. Not that I don't respect them. That sounds really arrogant, but that I don't, they're not. They're just me, haven't brought any value to you. Like how, yeah, they're, they're, how long can you be on somebody's list without anything really like. Yeah. They're, they're not bringing me that good, good, Then I'm not really going to get emails from you, you know? Um, so, you know, and like the thing is too, like, these, a lot of these people, even me at a relatively low level blog, like a lot of these people are craft, are sending me stuff specifically for my ears. Like they'll be like, Matt, 
I like Matt, I know you personally like this particular subgenre of black metal. Please listen to this. Right? Like that's what a good PR person does. Is you know, there's PR people who just send it to bombard their list and that's kind of it, which kind of is lame in my opinion. You know, what's really yes. good is the PR people who bombard their list and then also, you know, they hear it and they go, "Okay, this is black metal. Who are the 20 people who I really want to make sure hear this and talk about it?" You know, and then they go so, and then they personally check in with those people, which is really an important aspect. So, JT, I think that Matt and I are both coming down on the side of, yes, it's helpful, but don't expect like magic from it. And then I think the, the next piece of advice I would give is finding the right person to do it. It could be as easy as just look at your contemporaries, look at a band that's where you want to be in three years, right? Like, yeah. don't look for who the Foo yeah. Fighters publicist are, but look I at other it. bands in your genre, bands you listen to, bands you would love it if you were could get on the bill with, right? Yeah. It's not that hard to dig around a little bit and find out who works their press, whether it's someone that the band hires themselves or it's somebody who comes through the label. Or in that instance, it's really easy to find it's even easier to find out who labels use and you could look at a label that, um, that you like, the, a label that you could see your band benefiting from a partnership in, you know? But I, I, just, want, I just want to say quickly, you're not, you know, like just think because you hire the same PR as a big person, you're, gonna get, you're not gonna get the same coverage. Cause like having that label brand attached is incredibly incredibly valuable and like gets you taken that much more seriously yeah yeah well you have to you know you have to put your expectations at a reasonable place yeah i just want to be clear on that yeah well because it comes back to and this is where i think what happens is some people might hire someone to do pr and then they don't get booked on Lollapalooza the next month and they think that they threw away their money um I mean, I can see that too, but it's really what you put in, you know, you can't just, um, no one can make magic happen for you, you know, but yeah. these are steps along the way you can take to get, to get more ears, to get more eyeballs. And that's good. And then also ask around what other people are paying, because this is one service that the rates go from like wildly low like if someone says they'll do it for like less than a hundred bucks be suspect i always but say this less is than like a, 250 300 yeah yeah and it be suspect to that but also this is also something where there's people in this market that will charge you like 3500 dollars for a job right so like be aware and i think that's what can be intimidating and also one more thing is that um I don't know. Most PR companies probably don't. I, I don't know. Do people put their rates like on their websites or that's usually a, like an email for rates thing, right? Yeah. Um, although I think it's kind of cool when people put the rates on their website and are just honest about it. Yeah. I'm not mad at rates, but what I was going to get at is that something that happened to me early on where I was really intimidated was advertising rates in magazines. Okay. Yeah. Um, don't look at the number on the listed number and shut yourself out of it because it seems too much. 
So with like doing ads or hiring someone to help, um, communicate with the person because what's out there on paper might not, you might be able to do better than that if you get somebody on the job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So do your research. Uh, be thrifty, but not chintzy on, for yourself. And uh, hope for the best. And really what's going to be the best is that if your band made a really strong EP and are looking to hit the road, uh, the PR person can do a lot more for you than, than if you're doing nothing. You know, the PR person needs stuff to talk about. And then I guess one thing that I always coach bands up on is something that's really important in a press release is the quote from the band, right? Yeah. And sometimes you ask a band for a quote and they're just like, oh yeah, hey, it was really great getting into the studio and recording these songs that we're really proud of and we worked really hard on. I hope you enjoy it. Like, okay, that sounds humble and nice or whatever, but you're a fucking band. Okay, so just keep this in mind. Whenever you're giving a quote, something like that for a PR, do it from your stage persona, not fucking Steve on the phone with his buddy persona, right? So if you want to give a quote about your EP, don't say, you know, we had a really good to be like, we fucking, we fucking destroyed all ears in the studio. And when you hear our new EP, it's going to burn the fucking house down. Like, you're you're in stage persona when you're giving quotes like that. So use hyperbole. Be your be your your biggest fan. Be obnoxious. It's okay. You're looking for attention. Pretty much. Anyway, this has been the listener questions episode of um, Noise Direction. If you want to get your question answered if you have a a question that you have for us email me matt at dropoutmedia.net dm me we'll take your questions we'll put them in a future listener questions episode um and at some point we'll have like a listener question sound effect so <laughs> this has been noise direction anything else scotty or are we good thank you very much we'll see you next week Party on. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.